pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Did you know that the average man only lives to age 76? Most guys aren't healthy at that age either and wish they had taken better care of themselves and gone to the doctor more often. Women are over 30% more likely to visit a doctor than men, and unfortunately, men don't progressively monitor their health status like women do. As a result, heart disease, cancer, stroke, and diabetes affect men more than women. And all of these conditions can lead to ongoing pain. Yet, men often hold back from complaining about pain. They perceive themselves as less manly if they talk about it, and many would rather suffer in silence. We're joined once again today by Bill Phillips, the editor-in-chief of Men's Health magazine. He's also the author of the book, The Better Man Project. When his father died at a young age, Bill re-examined his life and made it better. He did a little bit each day and was surprised how much he achieved over time. In fact, he's been so successful in doing so that he wanted to give men across the world the same opportunity. On today's show, we'll continue to delve into his book and explore a few of his over 2,400 tips and techniques for making you healthier and happier. You'll want to hear about treating gout, stifling stress, improving sleep, and dodging the aging process. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, and The Pain Community. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Bill Phillips is the VP and Editor-in-Chief of Men's Health, the largest men's magazine brand in the world. His 2005 magazine feature, Hunting My Father's Killer, was a National Magazine Award finalist in the personal service category. Bill, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Great to be here. On our last show, we talked about a little-known disease called catasol, gender differences in pain, strategies for lowering back pain, and how quickly making just small changes to your health can make you feel better. And speaking of better, the word better is in the title of your book, The Better Man Project, and used throughout. Why is that word so important? Well, yeah, it's, it's not the perfect man project, right? Mm -hmm. There's no such thing, and, right. and certainly I'm not an example of that. You know, better is, is powerful because it's doable. You know, no matter how you are today, you can be a little better tomorrow. Right. And that's all I aspire to be is, is I try to be a little better every day. Some mm -hmm. days you step back. Some some day and you got and then the next day, you know what? You try to take, take a step forward again. Yeah. So you know, better is something that is infinitely doable every day. Yeah, I like that. And speaking of conditions that affect men, 
Gout is the most common inflammatory joint disorder in men over 40. It's caused by an accumulation of uric acid crystals in the joints and leads to severe burning pain, redness, and tenderness, often in the big toe. You talk about gout in your book. What are some of the ways we can prevent attacks? Yeah, you know, unfortunately with gout is that some of the some of our favorite things to do can, yeah. can cause it to flare up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is an inflammation of, of joints and, you know, alcohol contributes, um, red meat contributes. If you maybe drink a little less, maybe uh, avoid some steak and, and seafood for a while um, and to see uh, if your body kind of is able to take care of the inflammation. Those are good suggestions. And I like to add that the reason that you might want to avoid meat is that meat is rich in a substance called purines, which are metabolized to uric acid. Now, in terms of treatment strategies, the anti-inflammatory medicines like Motrin or naproxen can be quite helpful. Uh, Even injections of steroid into the affected joint can help. And a medicine called colchicine is extremely helpful in preventing an attack once you feel the sensations of pain if it's taken within the first 12 hours of an attack. Finally, a medicine called allopurinol, which has been around for quite some time, can be quite helpful if you have recurrent episodes of gout. And for more information, check out the two-part show we did on gout, the king of pain. Go to paulchristomd.com. Now, Bill, let's talk about the chapter on keeping your brain healthy. I especially enjoyed that, and specifically on stifling stress. How does stress preferentially affect men? Well, I mean, stress affects us all. I think we're overscheduled, we're overconnected. There's just chronic stress in our day from start to finish, right? Yeah, right. There's this sort of current uh, that runs through our body of stress and stress hormones, and that causes all kinds of problems from mm-hmm. inflammation, which leads to you know heart disease and stroke later on. And yeah. so stress, unfortunately, is that sort of silent killer that we have to manage. And mm-hmm. in today's overconnected world, it's harder to manage than ever. It is harder. And, you know, in fact, the two most common types of chronic pain associated with stress are low back pain in men and headaches in women. And many overlook the impact of psychosocial stress on our body. Uh, For example, some of the research demonstrates that chronic stressors in the workplace lead to neck pain, especially in the trapezius muscle. You also talk about how loneliness hurts men more than women because men don't replenish relationships as we age. Let's now shift gears and talk about how we can lower stress in our lives. It's not easy. It really isn't. You know, I think certainly exercise is one wonderful stress reliever. I mean, it's for me the number one way I deal with stress. I mean, I've never feel as stressed after even 30 minutes of working out. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a lot of bodyweight dumbbell work, but I also just once in a while be able to slip away in the afternoon and play basketball over lunch. I mean, I come back a whole different person. Yeah, I bet. Now, I think leaning on friends is helpful. And how about men and their relationships? Men, we're not so good at keeping our social networks together. Right. You know, and, and we're not so good at staying in touch with with our circle of friends. Women are much better at this, I think. There's no argument there. Here's the amazing thing about friendships. There's a study that just came out that found that maintaining a circle of friends and seeing them and engaging that circle has the equivalent health benefits as quitting smoking. Wow. That's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And, And I think a lot of it has to do with 
the social interaction challenges our brains and keeps us engaged. And it's all about sort of mentally staying strong. Mm-hmm. And our friends challenge us to do that. And, and that's good for our health, too. It is good for our health. I personally find that having strong, meaningful friendships is very strengthening and supportive. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, again, we have so much going on in our lives these days, right? But here's how it usually goes, right? Like, oh, you have friends coming over and the house isn't clean and I got to go, you know, shopping and get some groceries. Right, what am right. I going to cook and this and that? Mm-hmm. And it's always like this crazy, like, oh, why did I agree to do this kind of thing? <laughs> but by the time your eating's over, you know, what have you ever regretted it? It's always been like a wonderful, like, oh, I'm so glad to see you guys. So yeah. glad you came over. It's always, and which is why we then, you know, do it again. So like, again, it's one of those things that, always seems hard to do because you have to plan it, but in the end, it always pays off 100%, you know? I do know, and I agree with you 100%. Here are some other strategies for reducing stress that can be quite helpful. Biofeedback is one of them. It offers really a wonderful way of reducing stress and pain by decreasing muscle tension and the autonomic nervous system, which is the fight-or-flight response. It teaches us uh, how to self-regulate bodily functions that are thought to be involuntary and that react to stress, like heart rate and blood pressure and digestion, for example. And importantly, biofeedback can provide the ability to control that part of the nervous system that both pain and stress activate. Meditation is another strategy that can help manage stress and affect pain positively. Similar to biofeedback, meditation has been shown to lower heart rate, blood pressure, alleviate anxiety and anger, and ease pain. Just an eight-week course has shown the capacity of the brain to rewire itself by decreasing gray matter, which is the brain's nerve cells, in part of the brain that's responsible for stress and fear, called the amygdala. And finally, getting enough sleep and eating a healthy diet greatly improve how we handle stress. Let's now talk about aging. I mean, aging is on the minds of many. You talk about telomeres in your book. Give us an idea of what they are and how they might shift the aging process. We know our body is made up of chromosomes and DNA in each of these chromosomes. So at the end of our DNA are these things called telomeres or like caps at the end of them. Mm -hmm. And they protect our DNA. And the problem is when these caps start to erode or or fray, they get shorter. And as they get shorter, our cells start like sort of losing steam. Mm -hmm. The little powerhouses, the mitochondria in our cells, they start not functioning like an engine that is filled with like gunk, right? (laughs) That causes us to start aging. So in order to protect yourself from aging, it's important to take care of your telomeres. But the good news there is how you keep care of your telomeres is doing a lot of the things that we've, we've talked about today, which is you know, exercising regularly, eating well, mm-hmm. managing stress through meditation or just the other ways we've talked about. Fish is good for your telomeres. Any sort of antioxidants like vitamins in green tea, for example, leafy greens, all that's good for your telomeres. Essentially, you know, telomeres are, are something that um, accelerate or decelerate our aging, but it also relates to the healthy lifestyle that we live. So as long as we live the healthiest lifestyle we can, we will protect them as best we can. Mm -hmm. And in addition to reducing stress, meditation has been shown to activate telomerase, which is an enzyme that helps preserve our telomeres. Bill, talk to us more about how to dodge the aging process. When you go to the grocery store and you walk out, if your cart isn't filled with at least half fresh foods, then you aren't shopping in the right way. Uh-huh. So that, that's something that's a, sort of an easy check. The foods that we eat should be as close to how they were grown or how they were caught as, as possible. And that's the simplest rule. 
those foods, fresh foods, have been shown to you know delay the aging process and keep us healthier and and help us live longer. Mm-hmm. And in addition, you know, the food that we eat or don't eat can make a huge difference in the way we feel. There are several versions of the anti-inflammatory diet, but most eliminate or greatly reduce fatty meats, and fried processed foods. They also increase fresh fruits and vegetables that you're talking about and lean proteins like plant proteins, turkey, chicken, and fish. And a high-fiber diet reduces cholesterol and belly fat, lowers blood pressure, and reduces the risk of many different diseases. You know, there's a growing consensus that when it comes to overall wellness, pain prevention, and even weight loss, the quality of the food is even more important than the total calories consumed. Straight ahead, we'll find out just how detrimental foods high in sugar can be. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Health is a leading health solutions company that delivers accurate, timely, clinical, actionable information to inform the right treatment decisions for each patient at the right time. Millennium offers a comprehensive suite of services to better tailor patient care. More information is available at www.millenniumhealth.com. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Bill Phillips, editor-in-chief of Men's Health Magazine and author of the book, The Better Man Project. In your book, you say this, think of sugar as a crazy girlfriend who's great in bed, not worth it. Just by eating and drinking a typical American diet, we suck down about 23 teaspoons a day of added sugar. That is, sugar not occurring naturally in food. That's the equivalent of a whole extra day of eating, and it's nothing but sugar. What have you learned about the harmful effects of added sugar in our diet? Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, sugar is like that stealthy killer. You know, obviously, we need a little bit of it. You know, our, our brain runs on, on sugar, right? Mm-hmm. When we eat too much of it and we throw our blood sugar out of whack, that leads to diabetes and all kinds of other problems that impacts us. So, yes, my rule on sugar is I just never add it to anything. Um, when you leave that grocery store and you look at your car, yeah, those apples have sugar and oranges have sugar, but those are natural sugars. That's just all you need. You don't need uh, the cookies that have the added sugar in it. You just That's the kind of sugar that just wrecks your your body. Exactly. In fact, studies have linked the consumption of excess sugar to not only weight gain, but also diabetes, as you mentioned, and heart disease. Okay, let's shift gears. Did you know that 70 million Americans suffer from some sort of sleep disturbance, whether it's sleep apnea, narcolepsy, or insomnia? And almost 70% of those suffering from pain complain of sleep problems. And it often becomes a vicious cycle. Pain disrupts sleep, and the lack of sleep worsens pain. So getting a sufficient amount of quality sleep is really vital to our health and well-being. A lot of our activities drain both our physical and mental resources, and sleep restores both. The lower metabolic rate we experience during sleep facilitates the production of protective antioxidants and also allows for restorative processes like memory encoding and tissue repair. Sleep deprivation also increases levels of inflammatory substances called cytokines, such as uh, tumor necrosis factor alpha 
and interleukin-1. These substances can excite nerves and amplify pain signals, leading to a chronic pain cycle. And cytokines are also culprits in diseases like uh, rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia. So sleep helps to restore cytokines to normal levels. And if your sleep has ever been disturbed, you might have experienced another consequence of sleep loss, muscle aches and pains. Bill, what have you learned about the importance of sleep hygiene? Well, I mean, you know, we have to, uh, first of all, use the bed for two things, sleep and sex, right? (laughs) I think it's important that when you go into your room, you're there for a purpose and you take it seriously. If you Mm -hmm. have your cell phone with you or your iPad with you, that blue light is going to wreck your sleep. If you have the TV on, that's been shown that um, you never reach the deep sleep stage. So lights out, no distractions. And make sure you're getting a consistent number of hours per day. Mm -hmm. Your body, once it falls into that rhythm of eight hours, wants to stick there with you. So try to just maintain the same schedule. If you can't fall asleep right away, then move your bedtime back a little bit and try again the next day. And if you are uh, having trouble rousing yourself out of bed in the morning, then obviously try to go to bed a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And here's some other helpful tips. Have a wind-down period each day before you actually get into bed at night where you do enjoyable and relaxing things. Keep yourself in dull light in the evening and maximize the bright light you're exposed to during the morning and midday. If you find your mind racing before you sleep, like I do sometimes, write down your concerns on a piece of paper and turn it over. This helps to wind down the mind. If you don't fall asleep within 15 to 20 minutes of trying, get out of bed, do something boring, and go back to bed when you're tired. Try not to work, argue, or do anything negative in the bedroom. The goal is to keep all associations with the bedroom positive and relaxing. Now, although exercise is very important and helpful in regulating sleep and improving its quality... Be sure to finish your exercise four to five hours before you plan to go to sleep. This facilitates sleep onset and sleep maintenance. Exercising too close to bedtime raises levels of a substance called norepinephrine and promotes a state of arousal. Avoid alcohol and tobacco use close to bedtime as well. So I think all of these habits can help you safeguard the quality of your sleep, heal from illness and injury, and prevent the worsening or development of chronic pain. Okay, Bill, a certain portion of your book emphasizes the importance of visualizing success and and changing negative self-talk to positive self-talk. You highlight the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson, who was one of the smallest in the sport, but led his team to their first Super Bowl championship. What was his secret? We, we hear it from like a lot of the athletes. They all have a plan for success, right? Mm-hmm. And success doesn't sort of just fall upon them. Yeah, they visualize themselves in the moment, making the play, so that when that moment actually comes, they've been there before. Right. It's like already in their muscle memory. Like they've been there before. They know how to handle it. They don't get um, overly stressed or excited about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there is incredibly strong research between sort of visualization and success. You know, my, with my own kids who, who play soccer and they're young, I always tell them on the way of the game, visualize that cross coming. Visualize where you're going to uh, make contact on the ball to, to score that goal. Right. And that type of stuff. It it seems a little silly, but it absolutely works. It does work. I think the art of making mental pictures of the desired goal can produce fantastic results. It's that process that transforms the thought into reality and puts us on the road to achievement and success. And speaking of achievement and success, we'll find out Bill's personal technique for visualizing success after the break. 
I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives. Reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. Bill, how did you visualize your own success in advance? I always knew I would be an editor-in-chief. I was never in a rush to get there, mm-hmm. you know, because I was content to learn and I always knew it would happen for me. Yeah. I wasn't in such a hurry. And so when the job was given to me and I was lucky enough to be here for it and, you know, I, w- I was mature enough to be able to handle it because it's not easy, you know? No, I bet it's not. In your book, you talk about showing appreciation and thanks. And specifically, uh, you talk about a study by Dr. Seligman demonstrating how it boosts our happiness. But men don't really show their gratitude that much. Men men don't say thanks often enough. And we did a, a big story based on that research that you mentioned last year. And, and we just asked men to you know, turn to somebody and thank them. Um, whether it was their significant other or their boss or, or, or whatever. And it really did resonate. Our, our readers said they'd never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. They were willing to put that to work in their lives. And some of them even wrote letters to mental health thanking us for, you know, putting out a great product. Well, that's great. For me, it's been important to evaluate my relationships and distance myself from people who are overly critical, judgmental, or otherwise negative, while trying to surround myself with positive and encouraging people. Have you had any experience with this in your own life? I I have no use for negative people and and, and negativity. I just, I have no tolerance for it. And at home, you know, I don't let my kids go negative. At work, I don't let my employees go negative. Mm -hmm. The research is clear. Negative people die young. They die younger than positive people. Happy people live longer. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to be negative. There's no benefit. Yeah, I agree completely. Now, let's talk about sex. Men think about sex quite a bit more often than women, something along the lines of 34 times a day versus 19 times a day for women. And you note this in your book. So clearly, it's on our minds a lot. What is different about how men and women think about sex is just sort of like how we treat each other and and what comes before sex. That's what men need to work on Mm -hmm. most. Mm -hmm. We've heard the listen to her, communicate with her. But I I think also like it's important for for men to sort of like keep everything new. And I'm not talking about in bed, but just little surprises are so good. What happens with men is like, oh, I want to have sex tonight. So they just sort of go for it like in the moment. Mm -hmm. But you know what? A little text thing, thinking of you earlier in the day will go a long way to getting you what you want later that night. Uh You know, I I think that's important. I think Having an open and honest relationship or open and honest talk about what you want, like literally what you want in bed is Mm -hmm. so important to a healthy sex life. Exercising together boosts attraction, boosts uh, libido. So that's a really good way to kind of jumpstart a sex life. Women's health readers tell us over and over and over 
mix it up in bed, try some new stuff. They don't want the same thing over and over and over. And I don't think guys want that either. Right. You know, one of the better man projects is to leave a family legacy. What's that about? I have a friend who has done something with his kids that I think is really, really awesome. And I, I want to do it for my own. They created a family belief board. Mm-hmm. It's not anything religious. It's just, these are the values we have as a family. We believe that that we sit down for dinner at least three nights a week. We believe that we treat each other with respect at all times. We believe that friends are important and we must respect each other's friends. Mm-hmm. That everybody's opinion matters. Like if you think about it, it's like a mission statement for your family. Right. Something like that, I think the kids would see every day would go a long way toward like creating that family legacy. Mm-hmm. And to sum it up, what's the secret of overcoming chronic conditions like pain and being a better man? Try one thing to improve yourself today. And if you like how that goes, try another one tomorrow. Bill Phillips, what a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and thank you for listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.